I'd say we're all missing birthdays. Having a party to celebrate someone that you love. I mean, kids are losing their bloody minds. But you can still send them a card or a little prezi in a parcel with on post. That way, they can feel thankful on their special day. The taste of home-cooked chips, or as my little one calls them, dirty potatoes. <laughs> the feel of cashmere socks in bed. Yes, I am that sexy. An afterlife on Netflix. Maybe I'm hormonal, but fuck, it gets me. There are a million things that I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for? You cannot be criticised because you try to do something. No one has the right to go, oh, that wasn't very, oh, what do you think you were doing? I didn't think that was funny at all. Oh, that was, like, that's their issue, not yours. Welcome to Thanks a Million. I'm Angela Scanlon, and this is the show that takes a sneaky look at my guest's gratitude list to find out the things that have shaped their lives. And what a show we have for you today as comedian Tom Allen joins us from a healthy distance, obviously. You will know Tom from loads of places. His stand-up shows, maybe he's done all of the panel shows. He's also a presenter on Bake Off the Professionals and an extra slice as well as The Apprentice You're Fired. I know, if he wasn't so lovely, I'd hate him. He's currently on lockdown with his parents and speaks so openly about it. Also, he told me months and months ago that he was talking about moving out and he still hasn't, which makes me love him even more. Anyway, before we get to Tom, let's have a little look in the mailbag. So this is the part in the show where I look at some of your thanks a millions, some of the things that you're grateful for at the moment. I've started this on Instagram. You've all been getting on board and there are so many. There's a theme this week. This is from Sarah Mitch. One, normal people. Two, normal people. Three, normal people. <laughs> Nick Proth, directly below. TV series, normal people. Two, Paul Meskel from normal people. Three, reading my book, normal people with a nice glass of wine tonight. I think I might be a little bit obsessed with normal people, she says. Just a quick word on normal people because it sounds like I really don't care about it. I do deeply. It just makes me feel wildly homesick because it is such an, well, maybe not accurate. I don't know that my um, college years were quite like that, but it's it's beautiful and it's so country, country Irish and it's gorgeous and it made me ball. Alo B. She's watched two episodes of Normal People and it's great. Today, my thanks a million trio. One, yummy barbecue dinner. Two, afterlife on Netflix. So funny. Growler, prowler. I don't know why I'm saying it in that accent. I just feel like growler has to be in whatever the accent is. It's so sad. This is the thing about afterlife. Oh, sorry. It just, it kills me. It is laugh out loud, snort your wine through your nostrils funny and then it is devastatingly heartbreaking a second later. I resisted watching it the first time around. I kind of pretended I did in my head because I know I should have and then I didn't. But it is, it's, it's amazing. Anyway, LOB, number three, Pilates in my pyjamas with Billy looking on quite amused. So if you have any of them, as I'm sure you do, get in touch. Use the hashtag thanks a million trio or find me on on the socials at Angela Scanlon. Right, shall we get inside? Not in that way, absolute filth. How are you doing? Generally fine. I mean, um, yeah. I go through waves of, 
oh I'm fine and then oh god what am I doing um, why did I, I waste all that time before this and what what do you feel like you've wasted time doing before this because for me it's socialising I feel like my 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 insistence on oh we should definitely do coffee and then my never following that up or just cancelling last minute I regret deeply yes now. I also regret that the idea of going to a party and meeting new people and you know mm. catching up with old friends and stuff and just sitting having a pizza with a friend yeah and, and I think I mean I am slightly regretting you know I still live at home uh, with my parents yeah. uh, much as I, I actually feel very lucky and it's nice to have their company but I do sort of think oh mm. if only I'd got myself sorted I could have had my own space at this time you have enough room to create a TV show in your attic, which, by the way, is giving me life. Uh, is it? I don't, is it just indulgent yeah. nonsense? Am I having a breakdown? I don't know. I mean, it's 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 entertaining to watch if you are. I'm sorry about it on a personal level, on a professional level. Well done for capitalising on it. I'm very glad you've seen it, Angela. So thank you. <laughs> So, um, where, where, how has that been? How, like, is it actually like properly produced, or is it you just acting the Egypt in your bedroom, which uh, it feels like it is? But is there more to it? I have a bit of guidance from um, okay. my producer friends at Rumpus. Okay. Who are brilliant, yeah. and they um, have been sort of giving me some feedback and guiding it, and we're hoping to do some more. Um, they, yeah, they're, they're brilliant. They've done some editing. F- and they've, they've been producing it, basically. Um, but ultimately, okay. I write the little sketches. And um, yeah, and that is fun. But also, sometimes, you know, when you're just on your own and you've got no one to like laugh about it when you think, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I'm just talking to a, a, a cushion inside a jumper with a balloon on as its head. Yeah. Linda, isn't it? Linda is correct, yes. So if you, if you don't already follow um, Tom, indeed, on Instagram, you should. Because... You know, even if it is a breakdown before our eyes, it's more funny than Britney's. <laughs> I like to think if we're all sort of going a bit, um, if we're getting cabin fever, we may as well all get it together. Um, that is all we can try and do, isn't it? Reach out to people and try and connect with them on the experiences we're all going through. Because I think obviously it's a very trying time and 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 uh, in many, many ways. But actually, there is something quite levelling about it, um, as Madonna said. Uh, it's the great leveller. But... Um, it's the great level. We're all sort of going through these things. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money yeah. you've got or haven't got. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're all having to experience this, really. So it's uh, it's 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 very um, it's very interesting. Well, also, I've been pondering the big the big questions, like you know, how are people getting the shellac off their nails? But also, has Victoria Beckham started to clean her own jacks? <gasps> oh, wouldn't that be? I would love to see that. Oh, so would I. I um I reckon she would as well. I met her once. She was very nice. Mm, she's lovely. I mean, I say that like I know her, but I I feel like. Yeah. I well, know did you ever her see Holly deep... Holly Burns spoof of her when she went round her no. local corner shop, and sort of did an impression of Victoria Beckham going round it? It's so funny, Holly Byrne. Oh, very funny comedian. And then and then Victoria funny. Beckham shared it. You know, so she has got a sense of humour about herself. She does. She do- well. She always tells us about that, which sometimes makes me question whether it is there or not. <laughs> um, and how are your how are your folks? Oh, they are good, thank you. They are good. They're good. Um, they've been um, yes, we've all been getting along very nicely, and we try and have a routine where we have a gin and tonic around about the time of the prime ministerial address. So that's usually about five thirty, and then think about the dinner, take the edge off exactly, and then um, have dinner sort of around. I'm trying because mum and dad would have dinner at sort of half past four. 
Um, and I'm trying to push that back a little bit because, you know, sometimes I'm getting on with things uh, at that time. Yeah. So um, yeah. I'm trying to push that back to sort of seven, eight o'clock. But, you know, we're finding ways just to all coexist. And, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm thinking about turning um, the uh, upstairs ha- uh, hallway into a walk-in wardrobe for myself. Oh, do it. I mean, if anyone needs it, it's you. You think so, right? You think so. Mm. Yeah, Linda surely needs a bit of room for her gear as well. I have to say one of the things um, that, you know, I suppose I took for granted and probably a lot of people will relate to this is, is you know, my, my parents. And I'm actually quite envious that you have yours um, downstairs and with you at this time because I think a lot of people, and I know there's a little bit of you that's like, shit, I should have sorted my, my stuff out beforehand and bought a place because you've been talking about that for a while. Sorry, that sounded like a dig. It wasn't. <laughs> but actually, um, it's, it's yeah, it's made me really... Um, appreciate appreciate my parents and I had a moment the other day uh, where I like properly wept like a baby and was like oh my god I miss like I really miss them and the kind of uncertainty and the the uncertainty about how long this will take and you know my parents are in Ireland and so I was like wow I suddenly feel so removed and when will I be able to hug them again in in a way that I've kind of taken that for granted as a ah yeah sure I can nip on a plane it's no distance at all kind of way and suddenly you know removed yeah just kind of you know of course it's wonderful to have um facetime and and all all of those things there'd be all those kind of um communication video calling things are great but uh it's yeah it's not quite the same i was certainly missing them and 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 feeling anxious about them as well i think a lot of people are but i think as well we we gotta remember as well that our, our parents are always resilient you know that's how they've mm-hmm. that's how they've got through it that's how they brought us up you know brought us yep. up before before the internet as well yeah <laughs> and also I don't yeah. know if you find this Andrew but uh, I sometimes like worry about mum and dad and I sort of see them in this kind of um rose-tinted kind of sepia uh, window and they sort of all yeah. you know seem so sort of sad and they're feeling sorry for themselves and then I I spend time with them and then you know they're they're absolutely fine <laughs> they're kind of you know there's no they're not feeling sorry for themselves they're like oh we're fine yeah shut up like at all yeah at all <laughs> at all and I think my friends yeah. are like we would love it if you moved out actually and I'm like they need me here how are they gonna go <laughs> this friggin gin every evening's getting a bit tired Tom there's no spontaneity uh, anymore yeah. <laughs> used to be a nice thing yeah we used to vary our drinks <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, my mum, and this is, sorry, going to the other side of morbid. My sister is a nurse and she's gone back into the HSE, which is the Irish NHS. And um, she works in an, an elderly people's hospital. And so, and that's always been like gerontology is her thing. And so she always has these amazing story stories about old people coming home. And so like death as a as a conversation, which I don't know, it's a quite an Irish thing to to talk about it in like a pretty dark way. But I my mum's family are Irish and, and I, um, yeah, like my grandmother would constantly be saying, uh, I've got, I've, well, you'll miss me when I'm gone. And to- like a threat. Like it was always a threat, the looming threat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like my mom said to to us around the dinner table once. Now she'd had a couple of drinks taken, but she said we were talking about about dying, and she talked about uh, coffins, okay, and something about how outrageously expensive coffins were, and she always kind of 
prides herself on being this very, you know, oh, she doesn't need lavish, fancy thing. You know, quote, I'd live in a cardboard box like she's very low key down to earth is ma'am, which is easy to say when you don't live in that. <laughs> but, but she said, um, she said, do you know what? When I go, don't be wasting your time in them coffins. Fuck me into a black bag and throw me in a hole. That is literally the bleakest thing you have ever said, but also so kind. Yeah, it's very thoughtful. I mean, my my dad has actually said similar things of like, oh, you know, if ever I'm a, if I'm abroad, don't bother about flying me back. Just chuck me in the sea. I don't care. Um, okay, I feel like we may go down a, a really dark, morose tunnel. So shall we bring it back to today, Tom Allen? So what are you thankful for today? Oh, that's a very good question. I am very thankful for, um, I mean, today um, I've noticed how lovely the flowers are. I know that it seems like, I, I realise I'm like, Peter, Paul and Mary or whatever that folk group was in the 70s. But um, I feel like I'm like, oh, the blossom and the, oh, the clematis and the, there's a forsythia tree in the garden. It's so beautiful. Everything's so beautiful. Um, so I'm a bit, I'm quite thankful for that today because it's, it's not as sunny as it's been, but the flowers are still keeping me feeling, um, fe- feeling up. So I, I do yeah. quite like, a, I like a flower and a hy- we've got a hyacinth, a mini- miniature hyacinth growing, uh, which I bought mum for Mother's Day and that's doing quite nice. So Nice. Not, are you into gardening or do you just observe it from the window? Um, I do like gardening. Um, I don't have my garden here. I don't have a garden, uh, but mum, mum does. Mum has the garden um, and mum and dad like doing their garden and um, uh, it's very much their their space. Dad likes to grow some vegetables as well. Loves to grow, loves to have a little vegetable patch. So they like to do it, and I like to enjoy it. And um, last year, I even treated mum and dad to a new garden path in the front garden um, to apologise for just um, always being around. Of course, when I was paying for it, I then demanded that I had an input on it. Okay, yeah, and like a, a star of like a, on the Walk of Fame. Yes, exactly, exactly. Of course, there's <laughs> handprint in it. Um, I do think though, because it sounds quite, um, it almost sounds cliche to say that, but I have found myself going, is it just me or are the birds singing more loudly? Is the, you know, the trees look gorgeous. Every time I look at the sky, even if it's not that lovely blue sky that has been here for the past couple of weeks, everything just looks a bit more special. I don't know. Yes, it. I think so. And and there is that silence, isn't there? That, you know, I like to go out for a walk of an evening um, and there's, there's, no, there's no one else around. Um, and it doesn't... It doesn't feel sinister. It doesn't feel like, like, where is everybody? Um, uh, it just, you know, everybody's in their house. Um, but I like, to, I like to go for a walk um, just as it's getting dark because that's when people put their lamps on and then you can look into the houses. Um, so that's what I, that's my little treat to myself. I like, um, it does give the game away when you walk up a cul-de-sac though. You know, people know you're not walking oh, yeah. anywhere. <laughs> you want to hang back with a set of binoculars. Yeah, <laughs> my opera glasses as I go around. Ooh, what terrible curtains. <laughs> glasses um, but yeah I mean there's so much going on in people's houses at the moment that I imagine now is the optimum time to spy on people yeah it's great and some people have done some really exciting things with their interiors of course you will know about this from your new show you know some people paint paint their living rooms very dark colours which you know I didn't know you could do but you can and it doesn't make a small room smaller it makes a small room just the same it, it, it's true but it's so th- those are very bold choices or sometimes I see when I walk by and everybody's houses are the normal cream magnolia white and then you've got like a sage green house with a grey door and I think they've got balls of steel but also confidence 
you know, they know what they're doing. The confidence of, um, of, of, a, of I imagine, um, a young gay couple or... Um, or at, at least a straight couple with graphic gay friends. Designer. I, yeah, a graphic designer. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. I saw the straight couple who were black, like who are all wearing like Danish clothing. Totally. I mean, they never use plastic bags. They would never use plastic bags, and probably like like to cycle as though they're in Holland when, frankly, yeah. they're not. Mm-hmm. Either a basket or a Brompton. Oh One yes, of each, getting maybe. yes, getting the Brompton out at like somewhere yeah. like Sydenham Hill. Um, oh, yeah. Or, um, yeah, or East And, uh, yeah, popping into town. Well, they did, I imagine. Now they just work from home on their huge Mac screens. Yeah. Love the front of their house. Think they're dickheads. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> lovely front door. We hate them. <laughs> exactly. What is your thank fuck for this? Oh, um, I mean... I would say, um, very specific, very specifically, Hilary Mantel has written a new part of the Wolf Hall trilogy, um, which okay. is literally 900 pages long. And I don't know if, if you, I mean, it's so brilliantly written. I didn't know much about it. It's, it's all set during the Tudor period in England um, yeah. and um, Henry VIII. Cromwell. Was Cromwell feature in it? Thomas Cromwell, yes. Thomas Cromwell, who, who was Henry's right-hand man um, and you see everything through his eyes but she's such an incredible writer at first it all seems so confusing because everyone's got the same name everyone seems to be called Thomas which is confusing when that's your own name and um, and, and then it all settles into place and it's brilliant and the, just the way she paints that world I think is very interesting so I very yeah. much enjoyed that about she sort of details like the history of Europe at that point and stuff it's very very in, insightful and it's really long so you you know you, you just can't you can't exhaust it it'll go on forever um, so it's a long it's a long book so um, um, I'm very thankful for that. Oh, that's a nice one to to bury your head in. And have you watched the series? Actually, no, because um, I like the book so much, and I think I probably will watch the series at some point. But I wanted to make sure I'd read all the books before I had any spoilers in the program. Oh yeah, that's what you want. But it is, um, and I haven't actually watched the series, but I did have to watch one episode of the series because Mark Rylance, who's like one of the main dudes in it who's by the way the most magical sparkly man I've ever met in my whole entire life and he is I mean he's the main guy so would that be Cromwell yeah I think he plays Cromwell in it yeah he's the perfect casting for it Yes, yeah. And you know the way you said that she, as a writer, paints, like the series, interesting that you use the word paint, because the series looks like it's very much like a scene from a painting. It's really rich and kind of, I mean, I'm not really into, like I I didn't study art, so the words are, I'm struggling with the words here a little bit, but it looks like a painting. You know? It looks like a painting. That's, 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 I, that's, that resonated with me. I never studied art either. Okay. It makes me a bit nervous when I talk about art sometimes because I feel ill-equipped to to describe things in any way that's deemed, you know, like legit. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking I'm going to say something stupid or... <laughs> totally. Although I, I remember a friend of mine saying to me, I worked in a um, place kind of like Spitalfield Markets. I had a little stall back in the day and in Dublin, I know, selling bags. And... Um, but there was a few artists who had stuff in there and she had studied art and her boyfriend at the time was an artist as well. And I remember 
her like pointing to a painting and saying, do you like that? And I said, oh, oh, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know anything about art. Like, I wouldn't even allow myself to comment on something because I didn't feel like I had the right to, um, you know, observe it even. And she said, uh, well, like, look at it. I was like, OK. <laughs> and she said, do you, I mean, do you, do you like it? Do you like it or not? She said, you know what you like and you know what you don't. And she said, that's all that art is. I think because I think we're almost conditioned to go, no, there must be, um, you're always reaching for something more to it than mm-hmm. is actually there. And I think it is just like, oh, does that make, does that please me or not? Like, like you say, yeah. Yeah. Does it make you feel something? But isn't it funny as well, Angela? I often find this about permission. Do you, do you ever, like, like you say, oh, like going, oh, I felt like I wasn't allowed to, to say, uh, you know, you sort of felt like you, you, you didn't know what to say. You're not qualified. Not qualified, sorry, you said, yes. And I think, you know, it's, it's kind of, we've got to allow ourselves to, to engage with things sometimes. Because I, I think it's very easy to feel excluded, isn't it? I, I know I have. Yeah. And, and certain yeah. things like, I mean, you, you, yeah, like, or even theatre, which I was taken to quite, you, you know, by the school and stuff. Um, I still, even now I'm like, oh, I don't really get a lot of it. Like, I don't understand Shakespeare. Um, yeah. And I feel a bit bored and confused by it. But um, but isn't it funny? Because it's the whole Emperor's New Clothes thing, isn't it? It's kind of like, shit, I don't want to say I don't like it because does that mean that I just don't get it? Is it going to expose me as a kind of, you know, I'm just some ignorant old pig sitting in my room. But actually, you're allowed to say, like, I like stupid shit on telly and I don't want to watch Shakespeare. It makes me die. It makes me die. It makes me die. But yeah, I lo- notice as well how we're already whispering, even though we're in a, pod- or in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> though I have to say, Roy always says to me, he's like, why are you whispering? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to get caught. It's my eternal position is somebody's listening to me and I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I say the same. So I've I've already, when you started saying Shakespeare, my shoulders dropped and I'm kind of hunching so no one can see me through the window. (laughs) Ah, That's good. Any other good books apart from Wolf Hall that you love? Um, I always enjoy, um, I, I mean, I always recommend to people Tales of the City, the Armistead Morpin or Maupin. Uh They're fun. They're really nice. They're quite, they're quite upbeat and um, they have sadness in them, but in a, in a really kind of life affirming way. Like they're very, they were set in the seventies in San Francisco. They were all written like in the seventies and eighties and they were all written for a, a newspaper. So they're all, every chapter is quite short and it's a cliffhanger. I love a short chapter. Oh yeah, it's such a treat, isn't it? Or when you get a chapter break that's like a whole page and you're like, oh, I've got, I got that one for free. Yes. Yeah, but also I never understand because the truth is if you do shorter chapters, you keep, you, you read more because you go, fuck, I'll just do another one. It's like with, you know, a series on Netflix, 23 minute long eps as opposed to 55. You're going to do three 25 minutes as opposed to one 55. So, yeah, no two producers. Snackable, I think, is the term, you know. Snackable. Yeah. Like your series like my series is a very is a, is a very light snack i would say it's very very light and doesn't will not offer any nutrition oh catherine ryan is doing a great series on her instagram stories about all of the crisps available in life and how she rates them her and bobby k and sometimes her daughter and it's so funny do you notice i don't I'm, i make fun of asmr but there's something about the way that the crisp packets make that noise on the camera on the on the microphone that's very pleasing like it's a very satisfying sound don't you think mm-hmm 100%. And also that, like, the kind of, 
whispering and she does it in a like because she's a bit husky and whatever um i think she's quite suited to asmr actually i think i mean i'm surprised that she hasn't been asked to do it in some capacity yeah but yeah the crisp packet also the crunch of the crisp quite uh pleasing oh yeah yeah very yeah very Mm. like it all sounds very loud which i i you know it's 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 fine i don't i'm not you know some people are disgusted by that um but um but i quite yeah i quite like it i quite like it it sort of almost gives me the experience of eating the crisp what is the thank you next I remember um, years ago, uh, I wanted to go out to do um, the Melbourne Comedy Festival and I'd gone out and I'd done some shorter gigs. And then um, and then I thought I'd get asked back to do a longer show. And then I got told um, I wasn't. <laughs> this was in 2011, 2011, I think, yeah, 2012. And I was so upset and it really felt like, oh, and I had a lot of kind of feeling like knocked back and I was really frustrated, but you, you know, you find a way through it. And then last year I went out and and did my show and I got nominated for the Best Show Award. It, it's one of those things, isn't it, that at the time it could be like, oh, God, um, this is so frustrating. Uh, um, and, 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 but actually, you know, you can you just use it as fuel to go, to, to, to make you more determined, really. Mm, yeah, amazing. And also I think sometimes... You know, we're like, yeah, you're you're not ready, not you specifically, but there are things that I have lost that I thought, oh, actually, do you know what? In hindsight, I wasn't like I wasn't quite ready for that. I was putting on a good face and I was faking it till I make it and all of that kind of stuff. But actually, I wasn't quite ready to to be open to that level. And even though at the time it felt like the biggest failure in the world, it was the right thing at the right time. I mean, the thing is, we particularly in our mm. social media age, we always look towards the people who are on social media being very confident about their successes and shouting about them. And um, of course, we forget that they those people are going through failures one way or another and frustrations. Yeah. And if they're not at the moment, then they probably already have gone through those. And, you know, no, no one talks about those moments, really. But so it can feel very isolating, yeah. I think, at the time. But Yeah, I have started to attempt to talk about those failures a little bit more because I kind of think that I had this awful fear around, you know, like you say, in this social media age, or maybe always, you look around and you see somebody's kind of seemingly perfect trajectory. And I think a lot of people would look at you and look at all of this, you know, amazing shows that you're doing um, and amazing success that you're having and never imagined that there was any hardship, there was any rejection, there was any failure. And I think if you're sitting at home going, I'd love to do that, but actually I've got told I'm not good at this or I haven't been accepted for this, you assume that you're obviously not meant for it. If it's that hard or the door is not open. I mean... And I, I think a lot of people do do that. And I think there were definitely times when I was like, what am I doing? I'm an idiot. Oh, God, if only I was more sort of, you, you know, focused or more sort of... Because I, I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes... If, I, if Particularly when I was starting out, I, I knew I wanted to do... I knew I wanted to do stand-up. I knew I wanted to do comedy. But I was sort of bl- blinded by it all at the same time. So I couldn't, you know, just by the sense of, like, just telling myself to just get up there and do it and don't think about it. Also, it was yeah. was the right things it made me do it but at the same time it did mean that I didn't always have the kind of clear mindedness that I think I get the sense other people have um yeah. and and I you know and just sort of like kind of even just knowing myself in a kind of clear-sighted way I was sort of a bit like oh um uh, I'm this person and also this and I, I I have you know I have this experience but it you know it's not you know it was it all felt like it was also complicated totally but I think that's bang on and actually 
sometimes this and maybe it is this world makes you go what like what's your thing what's your brand for want of a better term and you have to decide on that you have to be fully formed before you present yourself to the world and that like there's a sense that that's totally binary and you're not allowed to change your mind you're not allowed to grow because that's your shtick and that's what people know and that's what people want and I think if there's any sort of rebellion in you there's a sense that you don't I don't want to do what I'm supposed to be doing or what it's is expected of me or just a pressure to have absolute clarity about how you want to yes be. yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure. I mean it's, it's a lot of pressure yeah and I think yeah. for anybody at any age and I think different experiences different environments push us on that don't they but um yeah. but I think particularly when we're younger um it can be very overwhelming and no one really goes I sort of wish we said to people who are 18, just like, just go out and be rubbish at everything. <laughs> for, for Give yourself 10 years, you know, and try stuff and get it wrong and try something else and go go out and see people and see the world and, 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 just, and just generally make mistakes and have a go and see where you end up. Because I, whilst, I mean, you can't do that totally, um, a bit of that, I think, and a bit of forgiveness. If I remember 21, 22, 23, feeling so stressed when I thought, because I thought, oh, I've messed everything up. I should know what I'm doing. I should have done this. I should have done that. And of course, no one knows what they. If I saw, if I met a 23 year old now, he felt a bit anxious. I'd be like, what are you talking about? You've got another good ten yeah, years. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I think when you're really young, you think, oh, hang on, at 25, I'm going to get married, and at 28, I'm going to have children, and it feels like a million years away, and you're a fully fledged grown up supposedly by that point. So that feeling of flailing around is like shit. It's running away from me. All those people who were grown ups in, for example, things like Mad Men, you know, like things in the 50s, or like Call the Midwife. You realise, like, now I'm watching them. I'm 36. I go, but all these characters are younger than me, and yeah. so clearly. They were just getting on with it and probably just faking it and just like looking more... Com- I mean, I realise I'm talking about fictitious people. But like John Hamm was drunk as well a lot of the time. He, was, he had some questionable morals. So... He, <laughs> yeah, but that does ease the pressure at times. I think so, bad. yeah. All that scotch. <laughs> Pour me a scotch. The scotch. But I do... I, I think that idea of embracing mistakes and I think culturally over this neck of the woods we're maybe not as good. We're possibly getting a bit better. But in America like they welcome that it's like you know and, and I think of entrepreneurs or with startups and so over here the kind of shame that follows you around if you've got a failed business over there it's like yes hell yeah you're halfway I did that there for then. a while yeah got, I learned like, a lot from yeah. that I took this from yeah. it and now I'm onto this and yeah and no yeah, shame no shame shame is is so poisonous mm. it's the thing that holds a lot of people back and it's a great yeah it, it's so, so easy to to to, for people to manipulate shame, isn't it to make people feel ashamed to sort of? Yeah. And it's if if you're not aware, I think of your own kind of shame. I'm getting into like therapy chat, but like your shadow and oh, all that, that kind of shit. Good. So I've, I've been trying that. to go. I mean, I feel you're fine. I feel you're. You've got it down. Well, it's all a front. But um, what is it? Shadow chat. Shadow chat. <laughs> so shadow, like shadow work, which is basically your. Um, I'm going to mess this up, but like your shame. So the bits of you that over the course of your life you've been shamed for unintentionally or not. So whether, you know, as a five year old, you felt needy and it and you were kind of, you know, given out to because somebody didn't have time and you felt like that sense of of need was a bit pathetic or a bit humiliating. And so you kind of cut that bit of yourself off or or more kind of pointed uh, instances where you have been shamed about 
this, that or the other. And then those little bits of shadow that you reject. But what it means is that you, by rejecting those like seemingly darker bits of yourself, you also deny yourself of the opportunity to really like enjoy the seemingly good bits of yourself as well. So you, you're trying to recognize the shadow bits and then bring them back into yourself and integrate so that you have like the whole spectrum of, um, yeah, of human experience, I suppose, which is messy and a bit gross at times and a bit shameful and all of the things that were like, oh shit, yes, I am a jealous bitch, but I don't want to say that because that's a really grubby thing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And I mean, that whole kind of, RuPaul, um, Drag Race, uh, you know, if you if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody? How totally. love somebody totally. else? It's of course very light at one sense, but it's very poignant in a way. Totally. I mean, you look at Lizzo, and like the reason that it resonates with so many people is because actually, so many of us have an inability to like deeply love ourselves and I think this time this point in time where we're all in lockdown we're kind of being forced to sit with ourselves and to kind of look inwards in a way that's deeply uncomfortable for uh, for a lot of people but actually um is really necessary and you know that obviously there's a lot you, of you know you sort of quickly realize that there's no point in kind of self-flagellating actually it's quite a good exercise in mm-hmm. removing that because I think there's no time, you know. If you're gonna, if you're gonna be unhappy, if you, yeah. you, you, if you, if you're gonna be unhappy, it's it's difficult. Um, and you know, this you have to be kind to yourself. I think totally, yeah. I'm into it. I love this sensitive side. Oh, of me, I mean, what have I, what have I let on? <laughs> Don't tell anybody I've got a sensitive side. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to the thanks that got away. Um, so, I think. Um, Thanks. They got away. There's so there's so many people. I think that um, kind of say an encouraging thing, or sort of turn up at. In my experience, like turn up at a gig or send a lovely message, and um, that people are so kind um, and generous at times, and um, it's so easy to sort of forget to say thank you to them um, because you know life goes on, and you go, oh, there's oh, I'm on to the next thing, and oh, it's gone too long now, and oh, I should have said that to them I should have reciprocated it better or or, or, or um, so those sorts of thank yous I think um, I always feel um, aware that I should have done more to um, honour um, I always feel like I could have done uh, you know those uh, those kind of like we were saying about kind of struggles and stuff when you're feeling down and someone goes you are good um, it's uh, it, they all are so powerful aren't they those moments they're so they count so much particularly when you're young I think particularly as a teenager I felt quite I felt like a quite a misfit and actually I had lots of voices kind of um, that would support me and sort of say positive, positive things. And actually at the time you're so, as I say, blinded by just everything going on in life that you kind of don't know, you forget to say thank you or you forget to kind of acknowledge that. It's really interesting though, because I think sometimes they they happen at times that are really, um, like kind of make or break times. I remember the uh, meeting this producer um, in a cafe in Belfast and I had gone back for a meeting and I kind of you know that time when you're like oh yeah I must do a meeting yeah I'm, I'm really busy let's talk about ideas yada yada, yada. and you're trying to like make things happen and um, 
and I had kind of, you know done very little and I was like oh I'd really love to do this and I'd love to do this but I was scrambling I was like a swan so I was like up above you know full of positivity down below full of self-loathing and doubt and, and so uh, my general state but it's fine and um, I, I remember him saying to me uh, and he just kind of looked at me, but I'm sorry, this is really cheesy, but I, it was like he properly kind of saw me in that moment. And it was really, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, um, you know, the way sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you're going through the motions. It felt like he properly paused and he kind of took it in and he said to me, I think you're, I think you're going to be okay you're you're gonna do it and I remember I mean this guy he doesn't work in tv anymore he but it was this moment in time where I think I could have gone either way I could have gone do you know what this it was a lovely all run and I tried my best but like it's not gonna happen I need to get a real job but it was that moment and it was the certainty with which he delivered it that made me feel like do you know what he like he saw something and I'm I'm nearly oh, there. That's so but that's it, isn't it? And it's a very generous, nice thing to to do, isn't it? I guess um but I mean not generous because it's true, obviously. You know, you're doing amazing things. It's um but uh but yes it is an it's a wonderful thing, isn't it, to to do that and to support yeah. somebody. Um and I think it's just those like you're saying about the sort of pieces of shadow um, that make up our sort of shame. Um, at the same time, there's the pieces of the pieces of kind of kindness that kind of add to those little that little bank of voices that goes, "It's okay, keep going, keep going." And I think even if they're quite quiet at times and quite sort of muffled, um, they're still there, aren't they? And I think that's the, the difference, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. And do you find yourself now? With people coming up through the ranks, watching your success, and kind of going, "Hey, I'm over here. Any advice?" Can you um, see me? Sometimes people do. Um, I always think I'm such a, A, such a chatty Cathy, but B, um, <laughs> such such a, uh, a wash of like uh, insecurities that I think they kind of end up going like, oh, I feel more, <laughs> more confused. <laughs> I was accepting something a bit more definitive there, <laughs> I Tom. I need some reassurance. And all he seems to have talked about is uh, himself. But um, the <laughs> SARS, SARS guys, um, I did try. I promise you, I did try. Um, but I, uh, but yeah. So I, I mean, I try and do that, and I try and go. I mean, I, the, the one thing I do try and say is like, it's okay if you're rubbish for a bit. Like, I, it's okay if you're not good at the moment. You don't have to be perfect. Just allow yourself that. And and um, and I say, don't let anybody. Because I mean, I remember people, particularly in stand up, people could be so scathing. And when you're really sensitive and it's very, people say stand up is like learning to play the violin in public. Um, Cause you can't really do it. You can't do it in a conservatoire or in a, yeah. um, in a, in a college really. You have to just do it in front of audiences. Um, and sometimes people, occasionally people will be really unkind. Um, and, um, and you have to learn to weather that storm. But I did, I did do always say like, don't let anybody shame you because they've not, you know, 99% of the time they've not done it themselves. So they don't really know, you know, and I always think, I always say they can't get you for trying. Like they can't, no one can get you, no one can have a go at you because you had a go or you wrote a new bit of material. No, you cannot be criticised because you tried to do something. It won't be perfect. Nothing ever is. But no, no one has the right to go, oh, that wasn't very, oh, what do you think you were doing? I didn't think that was funny at all. Oh, that was like, that's their issue, not yours. Yeah, yeah. And I think that idea of this pressure that we sometimes put on ourselves to arrive fully formed 
you know, and actually it's an impossibility and the, and that the kind of learning, whether that's on a stage, literally, um, to do something which is obviously an added pressure but that actually the the learning of it is sometimes we kind of rubbish that bit we want to get to the end where we're we're ready to go and we're shiny and we're acceptable but actually that that bit I where where you're learning to do something and you're figuring it out and you're growing is um is kind of the good bit really, I mean isn't yeah it? if you can embrace it yeah I mean yeah. perfection yeah. have you ever done the artist's way Julia oh my god no I have not and it's on I have it on uh, Kindle it's Julia Cameron isn't it um, Julia Cameron and she's um, you know there's parts of it that are very like um, California in the 1980s like it's very like grab a sweater go for a go for a hike in the mountains but there are moments that are really useful I think and one of them was when she says perfection is a saboteur and it's like yeah if you try and be perfect all the time you won't do anything and if you compare yourself if you compare your beginning of your journey or your 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 first draft to um somebody somebody else's finished draft it will always it will always seem terrible by comparison and you then therefore won't you you'll give up on it but you can't do that you have to remember that it doesn't have to be perfect all the time which i think is 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 quite um i find quite useful but it's freeing as well isn't it it's like just like just go for it Exactly. You know, I think I think it's quite useful. There's bits of it that are useful, and it's supposed to be like a twelve step program. But you can do. I think Ooh. even if you do a bit of it, it's quite. You know, it'll have some effect. I don't know anybody yeah. who's actually finished the twelve steps of it. Oh wow, it's really boring, is it? Um, it gets a bit. <laughs> it gets a bit. After a while, it's always like go on a date with yourself, and you're like, oh, every week you're supposed to take yourself, you get dressed up, and go on a date with yourself and do something nice, and it is nice. It's sort of it's easy to kind of slip into. Oh, I didn't do it all perfectly this week, so therefore I'm rubbish and I hate it. Well, I'm not going to okay. do it. Um, so you sort of have to just kind of give yourself a bit of leeway to do it on your terms. What is the gift that you are most grateful for? I mean, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. Um, my As a Christmas gift from my wonderful agent... Um, she gave me a diffuser. Uh, uh, um, is it a diffuser, the one that comes with it? It puts... It, it, you put oil in it. You put oil but it's got, like, steam coming out of it. It's got, got like, a, a mist that comes out of it. Is that a diffuser? That's a diffuser, yeah. Um, a, like a room diffuser. It is so lovely. You put some oils in it. Um, it just feel, makes you the room smell nice and feel nice. This one's got a little lamp underneath it. I put it on every night before I go to bed. I'm terrible at going to bed. I will not go to bed. I'm like a small child. Um, really? I will not go to bed. Um, and then this makes going to bed a lot nicer. So it's part of your ritual. Yeah, the ritual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another thing. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if there's a moment for it to come up, um, but about uh, something that I'm very thankful at the moment is um, nice products, uh, enjoying whatever products you're using, particularly hand cream. Oh, we laughed about hand cream, didn't we? I mean, we totally, like I was saying, my dad used to use that Neutrogena stuff. He's a builder. But you know that hardcore stuff for the fishermen? Oh, It's magic. Yeah. How does that little bit of it manage to make your your hands feel like I know. Nanette Newman or something? But we've been taking it for granted for years. Yeah, all the time being like, oh yeah, I'll wash my hands. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put any hand cream on. Um, I haven't got time, but yeah, I'll be all slimy. But now, yeah. lather that stuff on by the bucket load. Yes. And what? So, what other products are you liking? 
Um, I'm really enjoying um, a, a face oil that I go to bed with. Um, oh, I, I'm enjoying, um, which I treated myself to, which I'm glad of. Um, and um, also, oh, I, have, I like to use the Liz Earl um, face cleanser, the one. I'm not, I'm not employed by her. I'm not being sponsored by her. Oh. But um, yeah. Liz Earl, um, it's just a bit of the, it's like a cleanser. You rub it into your dry face. Your dry, yeah. weathered old face. And then you get a cloth. It comes with a little cloth. And that feels like a real indulgence at the end of the day. Fabulous. And what, finally, is your hashtag blessed moment? Oh, wink, wink. Oh, hashtag blessed, um, I would say, is um, to have actually a bit of outdoor space at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I guess, you know... Um, even if you sit in the sunshine or you sit with the window open, um, just having that bit of outdoorness is um, feels very powerful. Feels very, I feel very hashtag blessed to have a bit of outdoor space here at Mum and Dad's. Um, and I think, um, I, th- I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I feel very, very lucky to have that. And I hope that um, anybody who doesn't have any outdoor space uh, is able to treat themselves to maybe some flowers or a plant to bring in a bit of um, a bit of outdoor life in. Um, yeah. because uh, it's um, it's not, it's very nice to have a bit of uh, greenery and a bit of fresh air. It really is. And apart from your diffuser, plants purify the air. Do they now? Yes, they do. Oh, because that's what we were talking about, wasn't it? Planting like five billion trees. Yeah, so obviously like on a global scale, you need quite a few forests in your house. A few plants will help to, to purify the air. I love that. I love, I went to Singapore a few years ago and they had a building that was like, looked like it was made of trees. <gasps> a living wall. A living, it was like a living wall, but on a skyscraper. Oh. They also had a lift for their cars. I mean, it was quite an extravagant place. Wow, that is quite a weird combo. <laughs> uh, but also I do think there's something about, and maybe more so now than ever while we're at home, we're kind of trying desperately to bring the outside in, you know, to bring this kind of sense of the outdoors, whether it's like I've been opening up the doors and opening up the windows and trying to, you know, just bring a bit of outside plants on. I do incense, which is the opposite way around and I always manage to put the, make the fire alarm go off. But actually, like anything that feels like it's kind of lifting, I don't know, your house, (laughs) a plant or a balcony, anything. Anything. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Even a branch, a little branch. (laughs) Yeah. Pick up sticks on your daily walk. Pick up sticks, put them in your mouth and ask a stranger (laughs) to throw them for you. That's one thing I like to do. (laughs) You are a dreamboat. Thank you for chatting to me. (laughs) He's a little gem, isn't he? I want to cuddle him, but I won't because I know it's not safe yet. Anyway, aside from all of the telly things, Tom also has his own podcast called Like-Minded Friends, which he presents with fellow comedian Susie Ruffle. They've over 100 episodes there, so go and check them out. Absolutely brilliant. And he's great on Instagram. He's got a little telly show. That's in inverted commas from him, not us. We touched on it briefly um, in that episode. It's very, very funny. So it's worth a little watch. And as ever, if this has sparked some ideas about what you're thankful for this week, please do drop them to me with the hashtag thanks a million trio or at Angela Scanlon and we're dropping new episodes every single week so you can get them first and for nothing when you subscribe via Apple Podcasts Spotify or on your smart speaker of choice and do share with anyone who you think needs a little aural hug 
I don't know why that sounds a bit filthy. Anyway, <laughs> if you're loving the show, and I hope you are, and I think you are, at least some of you, I mean, if you've nothing nice to say, then shove it up your old wazoo, as my mad say. Please do write a review, though, if you're into it, on Apple Podcasts. It is currently on five stars. Oh, yes, it's the closest I've ever gotten to winning a medal, even though they don't give them out on Apple. But maybe there's a virtual, like, little sticker that I can stick on at some point in time. Who knows? Thank you again. To Tom, to my producer Sarah Miles at Rethink Audio and to all of you for listening. Lots of love. Thanks a million. I am very proud to say that Ompus sponsored this podcast and sending something in the post is such a nice way of keeping connected. Seriously, send a postcard. The little postcard things melt my heart. Thank you.